this is Wicked Spursy. Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. At the moment, it's just Mike and Dave minus Steve, but we are holding out hope that our, our boy Steve will be with us soon. Hey, Mike, how you doing, man? You. S. A. I just wanted to say that. Um, I've been I've been pretty high since uh, our 0-0 win on Friday. Are you allowed to say that on an English football podcast? Is that is that is, is that acceptable? what this is? is, is is this an English football podcast? Well, we pot, we pot about English football, so oh, that's true. That's there's true. An, that's there's true. just an interesting question there of whether whether that's permitted. Are Premier League fans even allowed to be supporters of of the U.S. or say that um, they hmm. they may be a decent squad? What, what, but, but before you get to that, how are you? That's what I want. Oh, to know. oh, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, we didn't we didn't have you uh, last week. We had uh, our friend Brian on. Um, do Always a, little... a pleasure. Always a pleasure to have Brian, right? Oh yeah, yeah. What a good dude. Um, he does. He does up the intelligence in the room by considerable uh, exponents when when he does show up. So that's always helpful. That's certainly true. I think that. Um, and and had Nathan been Nathan, uh, had he been well, he would have. Uh, he would have added a little more intelligence to it, maybe a little more tomfoolery and jackassery. But nice. um, I'm definitely, definitely uh, a little more. Maybe next week when uh, when we do a, a preview of the uh, of the round of sixteen, um, we'll get Nathan on. Cool. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you these listeners right now, getting a, a steady dose of Mike and Dave, just don't even know what they're in for. They yeah. the, the expectations are low, folks. Keep them keep them where they belong. Super super low. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, we could go off the fucking rails at any minute right now. Always um, possible. But uh, you know, I mean, we had Thanksgiving. Um, I ate so much food that it was, I was in, like in pain. Uh, I cooked the turkey. Um, I haven't done, I haven't done a Thanksgiving, <clears throat> excuse me. I haven't done a Thanksgiving for the family in a few years. You know, we just kind of alternate usually my, my place or my parents' place and Amy's mom's place. And it just kind of, we do that, you know, back and forth thing uh, every other year. This year, Amy's mom and brother came up and, uh, I cooked the feast and uh, my bird came out perfect um, and everything else was great. The company was good. We had a good time. Uh, how about you? Did you enjoy your uh, your holiday? You know, had a had a good Thanksgiving. Both my boys were home from school, which is always awesome. We had good food. Negative one, one of my sons uh, dealing with the COVID. So that threw a, a real wrench in in the latter half of his last week. And he's wrapping wrapping that whole thing up right now so he yeah. didn't he, you didn't make him like he didn't have the COVID at thanksgiving he he um tested positive on tuesday before thanksgiving so he was on he was on lockdown after that so we kind of fed him like a like an inmate basically you know knock on the door and put a put a plate outside the door for him he he's a good sport he's been he's been <laughs> <laughs> been taking that all in taking that all in good stride trying to keep, <clears throat> the, rest, keep the rest of the the family as healthy as possible but otherwise yeah, yeah um good was able to get a couple days off just a good time family hanging out got some of the christmas decorations done watched some cheesy hallmark movies which i um 
my wife makes fun of me that I am growing fond of cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies. They, they and NPR be. probably too. <laughs> Not quite <laughs> on that, but you know, uh, all in all, all in all a good week. Excited, excited for the holiday season for sure. Awesome. 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 I mean, yeah, I, I did put up the, uh, I put up the Christmas lights yesterday um, and realized when I was up there and I just do like across the front of the house, I'm not fucking Clark Griswold or anything. <clears throat> so I just do across the front of the house. And when I'm up there, I was up there in the ladder. I was like, Oh Jesus. I hadn't like, I hadn't cleaned the gutters. I didn't do the uh, gutters this, this spring. That's an unfriendly surprise when you come across that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. like my mom for Christmas last year, had got me this black and Decker set with like, it's got like a curved angle at the very top of it. And it attaches to your, to your, you know, big shop back. Ah. And I just went up there and I stuck that thing right in the gutters and it, it's made for that. So it has sucked all the leaves right out of it. Hey, that's cool. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty good. I mean, I had to do a lot of scrubbing because there's a lot of dirt and debris and stuff in there from the past year, but no, yeah. Um, and I got the lights up. I got the lights up on the on the front the front stoop, if you will. Um, yeah, got the decorations out and uh maybe this coming weekend we get the tree going and that whole that whole deal. Very good. I, I will tell you, and I can actually see it from my office window where I'm sitting. Um my lovely wife, God bless her, ordered a 12 foot tall inflatable uh abominable snowman from I think it's from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You remember like the, the, the Bumble, Bumble yeah. character? Yeah. yeah, so I'm looking at the uh, the inflated, illuminated Bumble that's about, probably about 50 yards from where I'm sitting, but still looks monstrous even from that distance. So we are classy, man. We are super classy around my place. That's, that's awesome. That, <laughs> yeah. I, hey, you, you, whatever makes your, whatever makes your uh, holiday season, you know, turn. There you go. I've got him positioned so it looks like he's coming out of the woods and coming towards the house. It it, it works pretty well. That's yeah. That might that might scare some, uh, you know, some burglars that that are coming. You're you know <laughs> snooping around your house for sure. Watch out for you the bumble. seeing the bumble bumble coming yeah, out, of the, out of the woods. So what else is going on, man? What's on what's on your mind? It's World Cup season. Uh, World Cup season. I know. Been watching, I mean, been watching matches. You haven't been uh, boycotting, right? No, no, I haven't. Uh, and because of the holiday week, oh man, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I haven't been boycotting in a second, but because of the holiday week at work, um, all the, all the surgeons and, uh, like to, you know, have the whole week off with their families and they sometimes will go on trips because, you know, surgeons have money. Um, so it's a very, very light load all week. Interesting. Never thought which of that. Is, yeah, which is great. So I can, um, while I'm not in cases, obviously, uh, I'm able to stream a lot of the games and stuff. So, but Mike, without... you've also you've also admitted on the pod that you also watch matches while you're in cases as well, just as long as the timing works out. Correct? Is well, that's I mean, the timing tra- has to the yeah. timing has to work out. But I mean, it, it's not while we're actively doing the job this is understood yes 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 but when, it's, uh... <laughs> when i'm not taking x-rays <laughs> yes yes um but when when we're actively in surgery doing the job i've been known to glance down at my telephone and watch a little bit of spurs but normally uh that's that's frowned upon when you're when you're you know in active surgery yeah i i, I think i get it I, yeah um 
So, yeah, so, so, uh, so a week, right? The, the surgeons aren't around. So got to watch a, almost all the games. You know, it's great because 5 a.m. I get up at 4 30 um, every morning and, uh, you know, I make the coffee and all that. I do all that stuff and have to. Uh, I know I may not look like it to you right now, but it, a lot of work goes into this year long beard I've been growing. Hey, brother, I get it. I get it. Uh, this is mask beard, unfortunately. And, None of you can see it, so who cares? Um, but I do get to watch, like, I got to watch all the games. So I get up at 4.30 in the morning. I get to watch the very first half of the 5 a.m. game. I drive to work, and I put the I put the sound on the Bluetooth and get the sound of the game as I'm driving to work. Then I get on the bus, and I get the entire game, the entire first game on the way to work. It's pretty wild. Um, so... Yeah, it was a good week. Um, I got out of work early on, on um, what was it, Wednesday or Tuesday, sorry, and Friday uh, to watch the the U.S. men's team. Um, and I, I think I think overall, um, and here's my thought on 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 this, and the reason I'm not boycotting, um, <clears throat> I think it's important to support the players. I think it's important to support for for fans um, who love the game to to understand what's what's going on in 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 there in that in that region um, the way that they that that those folks live in that region um, and that the players aren't going to be able to stop a corrupt sleazy organization um from having a tournament um so i think that like as fans we need to support those players support our countries um we can still have good competition i think the players some of them um namely uh iran uh the team that we're going to be that the u.s is going to be playing uh tomorrow um made pretty big statements a, a few of the teams made some statements some silent statements um short of short of teams fully boycotting um it's it's a terrible situation that's going on there so what I, what i've been saying is a corrupt sleazy organization uh disgusting human rights violations uh disgusting the theocratic country that it's being played in uh oppressive government um but so far great soccer great soccer the games have been played well um some of the refereeing has been terrible it's you know we expect that kind of stuff anyway right i mean ugh, anthony taylor's out there refereeing and he's fucking awful yeah i saw him so <clears throat> I, 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 I'm, I'm out there to support the players. I'm out there as a fan of the game. Um, I can make, I can make my protests and I can make my um, feelings felt through social media, through anybody who wants to know my, my feelings on what's going on over there. Um, in my small protest isn't going to stop it from happening. And I understand that like one match can light can ignite, you know, the fire but um as it is i'm i'm going to watch the game i'm going to support the players i'm not going to support fifa i'm not going to support the country of uh 
of Qatar, Qatar, however you'd like to pronounce it. Um, I'm I'm not going to support them. Um, I'm not going to support their government. And I hope, hope, hope. And I don't think they did, but I hope that FIFA will learn from this in 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 the future. Yeah, I I don't think they will, Mike. But that's just I don't I don't either. But I, you know, and you know, I don't want to I don't want to dwell on this too much. But I think it's worth just stating, you know. Um, kind of my stance on it, you know, you and Steve and I talked a lot about this a, a week or so ago, and I'll, I'll be as brief as possible. I really struggle and I've had a hard time reconciling. And by the way, what you just said about supporting the players, the quality of the the football that's been played, um, it, it's been enjoyable to watch. You know, I, I have certainly not been shying away from, from watching the matches. That said, it really, really frustrates me. I feel like when it comes to... <clears throat> Sorry, when it comes to protest, there is a lot of performative stuff going on that is um, protest for the sake of protest. Um, I, I struggle with the fact that I think that if if a nation is really upset, if a, a national team is really upset, uh, there are more significant things that can be done. You know, as an example, one of the more powerful things that could happen would be two teams of players that just refuse to take the pitch when it's time to play ball, you know, and that's, that's how you truly get some attention. And if there's risk involved for the athletes, at least that risk is a shared risk. Um, I, I understand the concept of these guys in some of their cases have been working their entire life and it's been their goal to get to this point. And I totally, totally understand that and get that. But I've also seen in, in my lifetime scenarios where the country we live in has boycotted an Olympics game or Olympic games. And, um, you know, that affected those people who were training for that time, but decisions were made to take stances for specific reasons. And so when it comes to this World Cup, I've just I've struggled with that. Right. Like the if the the whole vibe of if it's really as bad as we all know it is. How complicit are we by being participants? I still don't know the answer to that. Um, I'm still not convinced that that anything significant is going to come from these games in terms of. Um, of change to the world or progress being made. I honestly think like the question about what kind of armband is a team captain choosing to, to wear is a freaking joke. Um, I think it's silly. That's, that's one of the more performative of the performative steps. And um, I probably should just shut up now because I think this has been beaten to death, but I did want to make sure to just share that it's, set of thoughts for you. It's, it's worth saying, you know, um, and, you know, people can think about me what they want and, my feelings I, I don't i don't think anybody's gonna anybody's gonna shit on me for watching the games i mean you think we'll you think we'll lose listeners for our stances mike uh, if if we haven't lost listeners for some of the stuff that i said already geez <laughs> <laughs> um, some of your some of your beer ratings alone i think might have lost us listeners but you know that that's that's a whole separate <laughs> thing isn't it <laughs> um so yeah let's let's i mean we can get into what's going on in the tournament we don't have to um but I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about the, the U.S. national team. Um, yeah. And, uh, hey, let's talk just because it's the intersection of where we where we live and something that we enjoy. Let's talk U.S. England, you know, fantastic platform yeah. to kind of jump into. What did you see? What did you think? Uh, well, coming off the Wales match, uh, I thought that um, I thought the U.S. played well against Wales. Um, I think they performed uh, against a European. A European nation, a European team. Uh, pretty well uh i you know i we watched a lot of them playing against the um 
against the North American and, and uh, Island nations, uh, you know, in the CONCACAF, we watched them play against some of the South American nations. We got to see them play a couple Asian nations. We didn't get to see them play uh, any, you know, big European uh, matches. So seeing what this team was going to look like against Wales, I think that mostly they were pretty good. Um, I think that one boneheaded play at the end by Walker Zimmerman, he just lost his head. You don't you don't go sliding into a guy like Gareth Bale in the middle of the fucking box, um, <laughs> and then and then try and claim like you got all ball or something. So that said, I was a little bit nervous, a little bit more nervous going into Friday's game against England. <clears throat> um, a, a team that you know of, of players that I generally. I like all of those players and I, and I rate all of those players highly rate all of those players. Um, I thought that our defense was going to get run off the ball. All, all of those players. No, there, there's a few we could, we could talk about here. No, I said mostly all here. McGuire Sterling, like all those, those are your boys. Not my boys. I'm not going to say they're my fucking boys. But John I, Stones. I, are you a big John Stones fan? I, I don't give a fuck for John Stones. Really? Uh, I don't mind Sterling. Sterling's fine. Um, Luke Shaw. You love Luke Shaw, don't you? Mike Luke, Shaw, Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw looks like. Uh, Luke Shaw looks, looks like, like a college be... kid who might. He looks like a college kid who might put something in a girl's drink at a bar. Yeah. He looks like he should be playing in a Friday night softball league, too. You know, that's just kind of who Luke Shaw. I, I don't uh, like that guy. Uh, but, I, you know, Bukayo Saka, I, I love watching him play for, you know, unfortunately, he plays for you know, the fucking scum, um, but he's, yeah. yeah, he's, he's super fun to watch. He's exciting to watch. Um, You're a big Jordan Pickford fan. Are you? I, I Jordan Pickford. He just, I don't understand why he's always so angry. <laughs> I love my Harry Kane. Love me some Harry Kane. I like, I really like Declan Rice, yeah. you know, Jude Bellingham. I, I really love, uh, I, I can't stand Phil Foden. I think that, you know, Phil Foden has one season and I think that, I don't, I don't understand where he's going. Um, maybe he's just getting lost in the mix on that team in Man City. So that said, <clears throat> sorry, going I, into it, I had to get after your, I like all those guys routine. No, yeah. I said, mostly, not... I said, mostly I rate highly rate them. I didn't say I liked them Fair as enough. players, Fair enough. as I stand, players, I stand moderately corrected. So I have a different viewpoint that I've been hearing from, um, some of the English podcasts, um, our, our friends across the pond. Um, I have a different view of it. I've heard a number of things. I heard, oh, uh, we weren't, we just weren't up for it. Or uh, I've also heard, oh, there was not really much on the line. So the draw is fine. I've heard we were shit. Um, I, I've heard, wow, what a boring game that was. They didn't even really want to try and do much against this team. I I haven't heard one English podcast actually say, wow, I was surprised or even any, or any journal or whatever journalist that they want. They, I haven't heard anybody say, wow, that team was way better than I expected. Mm -hmm. That team ran us off the ball. That team dominated us in the midfield. Mm -hmm. That team has some really good, fun, exciting young players. That team held the best striker in the world to a clean sheet. 
that team held the best striker, one of the best, two of the best wingers in the world to a clean sheet. With Walker Zimmerman. Yeah. I mean, actually, Declan Rice had a pretty good game, I got to say. Yeah, with Walker Zimmerman. <laughs> I mean, Tim Ream is kind of, he's kind of the anchor, you know, back there. I really like watching Tim Ream. Um, I think he kind of holds all that glue together. So Junior Dest actually had a pretty decent game defensively where I don't think, I don't, I don't really think he's that great of a defensive player. Um, I think he'd work really well <laughs> as a right, as a right wing back for Spurs because just because of the way he carries the ball. I mm. think that that whole side of the field for the U S and I, I, I don't understand why England didn't try and neutralize that side of the field that, that link up play between Dest and McKenney, um, and getting getting the ball into uh, getting in the ball into like guys like Timmy Weah, and um, you know, I I think that like the entire game plan was going to was was working for Greg Berhalter, um, Eunice Musa and and um, Tyler Adams were dominant. And Eunice Musa is going to be a kid that you're going to hear a lot about going forward. And he's, he's going he to be 18, a super 19. He's, he's 19 kid, right? years old yeah. and he yeah. is a force of a player. Um, I think this is really, really good in this club, you know, Burhalter for, you know, for all of his faults, you know, warts and all, whatever they say. Um, Greg, Greg Burhalter said, you're either with us or against us. Take it or leave it is, is what he said. This is the team that I chose. This is the team we're going in with. And this is the team that can win. And he really believed that. I think in the Wales game, Christian Pulisic, Pulisic uh, tried to do too much. Um, he tried to put the whole team on his back. He tried to put the nation on his back. And he just, it wasn't working. He was he was all over the field. It was chaotic and and weird at times i think he was way more composed in this game against england i think that uh that ball that he put off the crossbar man mm -hmm. i mean that was that was a classic pulisic shot right there so I mean, mike let me ask you a question on this what's what's the disconnect because i've heard the same the same chatter you have in terms of the the english lens on this game um as as Americans who are used to watching this men's national team for a long, 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 long time, um, not be a high caliber team and see the potential that is ahead in the next few years. Like what, what is the block there that in your mind causes people not to see that game maybe for what it was or that team for, for what it is, or to overinflate the, the ability and potential of the English team. Like what, what, what's all that sort out as in your mind? I, I, I think it's history. Honestly, it's history. So it's team selection. Um, for so many years, we held on to these like players like Tim Howard and um, we held on to player players. Like we're still kind of doing it. Sebastian Legette and, and guys like that who are just kind of getting up there in age. Um, they're just getting older and, and um <clears throat> We did that for so, so, so long. Kobe Jones, you know, we trucked him along for how long? And, and, and Josie Altador and, and players like that. We just can't get rid of our past. Mm -hmm. um, I think what this team represents is kind of a youth movement. It's a lot of young, exciting players who are breaking into big leagues. Um, 
not just in North America, but but in Europe. Um, all of those guys, they come from MLS. They come mostly from European leagues. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was basically Fulham and Leeds versus England out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we don't talk about uh, Jedi Robinson, um, Anthony Robinson, who is just, who is just so fun to watch. He's super fast. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that, that I don't think that the U S would have chosen in the past because we hold on to guys. Like we want every guy to be Landon Donovan, right? We want every guy out there to be Clint Dempsey, Alexi Lawless, you know, we want Tim Howard, you know, standing on his head, you know, you know, 18 saves, you know, Matt Turner's not going to give you 18 saves. He's a good ball stopper. I think his distribution, his shot stopping is great, but his distribution is, is outrageous. And watching, watching him play um, out there, watching a lot of these goalies in this competition makes you really see that Hugo's lost a lot. Right. Oh man, Matt Turner, watching him just take free kicks and how much ground his, his balls covered um, compared to Hugo, it was, and it's not remarkable. just it's not just coverage; it's it's precision too. Yeah, I mean he yeah, yeah. he gets the he gets the balls to to his players. I th- I think that the U.S. dominated that game. I think that like to a point, I I think yeah, maybe a lot of those players for England didn't show up. Harry Kane did his disappearing act. I, granted, he didn't get a lot of service, um, that kind of stuff. But like, I think that I think that uh, you know he's Harry Kane's played a lot of games and he's going to play. He's going to end up playing something like fucking 60 games or something this year, you know, with, with international friendlies and tournaments and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. league cup games and all kinds of shit. That's a lot of games. And, you know, I think that a lot of these English players, it's the same thing, you know? Um, But England didn't show up. They were not the team that they were against Iran. Right? No, no, not at all. So why, <laughs> why, Mike? Why? I, it's the World Cup, and I think, and I think it's it's still it's part of the the that English attitude is huh. that disrespect. I think it's disrespect for the American soccer players, and um, I think a lot of it is just disrespect, and it, and it's not, and it's fair criticism if you're pointing to the past but it's not fair criticism if you're pointing to the now and the future um and whether they like it or not in the youth in the youth ranks of of our of our sports in the united states soccer is growing at an exponential rate because of head injuries and that kind of stuff that you see in the nfl the the and, and baseball just being kind of boring. And it's like, it, you know, um, people who don't appreciate, you know, the nuances of baseball and the nuances of a sport like baseball that takes time and patience. If you don't appreciate that, then baseball is not for you. And, and, and this newer generation, this younger generation wants something speedy, right? Mm-hmm. And soccer is the way to go. It's cheap to play. You need, you need a pair of shoes. And you need a and you need something around that you can kick around. True. And you can you can find a way to play soccer. And uh, that's what my son found, you know. 
he likes football. It's flashy. You know, he likes the NFL. It's flashy and it's fun to watch. Um, but he'd rather be out there playing, playing soccer, kicking the ball around, running up and down the field nonstop, you know, um, making great passes and, and seeing the joy that comes out of it out from his teammate and getting the joy from scoring goals and, 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 you know, feeding the apple, you know, feeding the apple to the goal scorer. Um, so it's, I think that going forward, I think that hopefully we get a little more respect on the world stage because the NFL football is a dying sport in this country, youth football. Mm -hmm. And in the next 25 years, you may not even see an NFL if we, if they don't watch out or you'll see a greatly diminished NFL in terms of skill and talent, because everybody's going to be playing soccer. You know, that's an interesting, I mean, I agree with you on the NFL thing. Um, you and I are both former football players and, and coaches. And I, I haven't been shy about uh, the fact that I was not interested in my own son's playing American football, you know, even though it was a huge part of my life growing up. But that said, interesting concept you're making me think about, which is 30 years out. What is, what is the U.S.'s standing in world football, right? Like if you look at it from the standpoint of a, of an untapped population and an untapped population center to, to take on that sport. And you look at the growth from 1992 to today, and then you go to from today to 2052. Um, of course, the population across the world is growing, but there are not other countries that have like um, the situation that we have where soccer has always been an afterthought. Um, as it becomes less of an afterthought, it'll be really interesting to see what position the U.S. assumes on the world stage overall. Yeah, I mean, when, when we were younger, like the only time I ever paid attention to soccer was during the FIFA World Cup. I had some buddies that played in high school, and I'd go to games and just uh, tease well, them. We went to games. Yeah, we went to yeah. games in high school too. We had, yeah, I teased them oh, that they didn't they didn't play real football. You know, that was what I would say to 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 them. We did the same. Uh, yeah, to our friends, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Trey played uh, tr- played American football, and then changed over to soccer. Uh, and he was, that team was pretty successful. Um, it was fun to watch them, I guess, but it was, you know, three quarters of the team were foreign exchange students, you know, from South America with some, some German kids. Um, we had a couple of Japanese kids. So, I mean, but it wasn't a big sport football and hockey were the big sports at our school. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. We went, like I said, we went to games. <laughs> That's hey, it. Yeah. Uh... Good, uh, good assessment of uh, what we've seen in a, in a few minutes. Let's talk about what's coming up, but I'd like to, uh, I'd like to take a little midway break, if you don't mind, and ask you a question I got on my mind. Would it be okay if I asked that question? Yeah, sure. What you Mike, I'm, I'm curious. I'm really, really curious. I haven't been able to ask this for a couple of weeks, but hey, Mike, what you drinking? Well, Dave, um, I'm glad you asked me that because, you know, I missed it last week, Uh Brian is very eloquent and he loves to ask that question, but I he think does. I just missed, I just missed you asking the question. So thanks. You know, you got to tee up the guests. You got to give them the honor, but it's always a pleasure for me to be able to ask that. And I know how much you enjoy it when I do. 100%. Um, so I am going to drink this beer tonight. Uh, this beer is a brewery out of uh, Brooklyn. I think it's Brooklyn. God. Anyway, um, it is a, an all female brewery. Um, it's called a uh, back home beer. Okay. Um, and the, the, 
the beer is owned and operated by all Persian women. Um, hmm. So being that the, the U.S. is playing Iran um, tomorrow um, and a lot of uh, the what is happening uh, in Iran right now is um, because of the murder of a, a Persian woman um, for exercising a human right. Um, and a lot of what we saw from the Iranian uh, men's team um, and the Iranian fans um, supporting women's rights. I think this is an appropriate beer. I'm sorry that this is so heavy right now, but this is an appropriate beer to uh, to uh, to do this review on. Yeah, um, and no, Mike, this is cool. I'm checking out their website now. This is this is really uh, this is pretty cool. Good choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got this beer. I got this beer a while ago um from one of the new york cosmos ultras <laughs> actually um and i and i just like to i i just like to to i've had this in my fridge for a while and i've been waiting for a good opportunity and i think this is the absolute perfect opportunity for sure. um, because i we all we we here at wicked spurs support women's rights um throughout the world no matter where you live no matter what kind of background you come from um women's rights are human rights and uh this is this is going to be for them it's called the persian blue uh persian blue lager and it's made with blue salt hmm. and i no, would I, love to know what the what the writing on the can says yeah now mike i know what like pink himalayan salt is do you know anything about blue salt where that comes no, from no i do not all right we'll get the research team on that see what they can find out right yeah absolutely Oh, it's Persian. Blue salt is Persian. Right. Well, it makes more sense now, right? Absolutely. All right. And we know the it's, Persian people are, are the Iranian people. We do know um, that. It's a it's a rare mineral found in the mountain ranges of Iran, just to be very specific for you. Wow, that smells interesting. Yeah. That crack research staff is crushing it right now. I know. They're great, aren't they? Glad we yeah. hired them. We don't pay them jack. It's even better. I'm going to pour this into... Uh, into my IPA snifter tulip glass. It's pouring with a pretty big head. I think the IPA tulip glass is the best go-to default for for any beer when you just need a glass. Agree or disagree? Agree. It's, I, think, I think it's really cool because of the way that it like, when you're pouring it especially, all, I don't know if, I don't know the physics behind it, but the smell that comes out of it when you after you pour it like immediately is just pretty wild. I, I don't yeah. know if it's the, the way that it's shaped that it just kind of forces that that smell out. But you always yeah. get that really good that really good nose on it. I agree. I feel like your your standard pint glass it just it just gives too much away to the atmosphere. You know what I mean? It's just like an open vacuum that lets everything um, disappear. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is pretty cool. It's Pretty clear. There you go. Yeah. It's got a little good head log. there. How would good you characterize the head? Are we talking biscuit head? Are we talking soapy head? What do you what do you got? There? Soapy. Soapy head. All right. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be soapy. It's a it's a, it's a lager. So it's a beer brewed at brewed and fermented at cold temperatures. So let's take a sip. What I'm worried about here is if Mike hates this beer, how he's gonna 
he's going to rectify, you know, speaking badly about it when he's trying to be supportive of the women who brew it. So I'm really curious where he goes with this. Well, I had one of their other beers uh, at the same time I got this can. And it was, I think it was a sour made with the blue salt. They have a Gosa, it looks like. Does that sound right? Yeah, Sumac that's what Gosa? it was. It was a Gosa. <clears throat> um, this beer is super interesting. I don't know. I like it a lot. I don't know what to make of it. Hmm. You get you get that saltiness though. You get that the saltiness kind of. I don't know if you remember, like, you ever go into like bars or anything with your dad as a kid? Yeah. See the see the old men like at the Legion. We used to go to the Legion and see the old <laughs> men. Then you know, putting the salt in their beer. Yeah. Takes the bitter out of it, makes it easier and quick. You know, you can drink it quicker or whatever. That's kind of what I'm getting here, but it's got like this almost like a fruity flavor to it. it like like it wants to be a sour but it's not hmm. i don't even know what to make of it i like it i could drink a number of these it's yeah light. I, was, I was i was gonna ask you, you think that saltiness makes it uh drinkable so that it kind of would keep bringing you back for more maybe more drinkable gotcha i think on its own it might be a pretty good lager it has a craft lager it has that kind of craft lager taste I don't know what's on the back end of it. It's an interesting beer. Their description uh, description online says a classic lager brewed with just the right amount of blue salt from the city of Semnon, Iran. Uh, an homage to Grandpa, who loved his beer with a pinch of salt. Everything a lager should be crisp, refreshing, and full of flavor. Also made with Saz. Hops, S-A-A-Z, yep. uh, ABV of 4.9, just so you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it says right here, 4.9. Um, <clears throat> I like it. I don't, under- I don't understand the taste. All right, so you're moderately confused. What, how are you gonna I'm super confused. Boy? I'm not moderately confused. I like <laughs> the beer. Confused. Okay, so I like the beer. I'm confused about the taste. I just, because I want to know where it's coming from. So I'm going to go... This one, um, I liked the other one better, um, but this one, I'm going to go 3.5. All right. Solid rating on the uh, the mic scale. Mm-hmm. How about song? What are you thinking on song on this, given your level of confusion? Given my... You want me to say land of confusion, don't you? No, you say whatever you want. <laughs> um back in black <laughs> that's a great song it's just the it's the it's the black and white it's the black and white can i'm gonna keep this can um i did i did contact um the brewery uh not long ago and i never heard her i never heard a response i hope we get a response from them you got to tag them hard in this so that uh so that we can hopefully get a response from them all right um but I want to know more about this beer because it's it's a really good beer, but you do get that that I don't know if it's just a dab of salt. You can taste it. You can taste it. But um I like the beer 3.5. Um, and that's not a graduated whatever scale or overhyped, whatever Steve wants to fucking call my scale. 
whatever you guys have decided my scale is. <laughs> you're, you're, your grades. I think you got Brian hopping on no, the fucking no. train now too. And it just drives me nuts. You know, I think we make a strong case, but we'll let the, we'll let the data bear itself out over time. But Hey, this has been back home beer with the uh, Persian, Persian blue lager and uh, Mike with a solid rating of 3.5. So thanks to the brewers. Hey, quick segue that only links to music briefly. Uh, Mike, my my youngest son, who I took back to school up at UVM yesterday, um, lives in the dorms on campus, and he was telling me that he was proud to know he found out that one of the guys from your favorite favorite uh, traveling band of all time, Fish, uh, one of one of the guys lived on his floor in the same dorm that he lives in. He was he was pretty impressed with that that reality. Um, so there you have it. That's pretty Sign cool. What live? Where does he live? He lives in Tupper. In Tupper, uh, yeah. yeah. Over, over in the athletic complex area. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's not really an impressive dorm, but hey, what you know, we won't. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not. Yeah, it's not going to be. It's not going to be an impressive dorm at UVM. Yeah. I mean, I did not really is there. There isn't. Not not that I can recall an impressive dorm over there. My, my other son, his uh, his first year lived in that central campus one that's right by the hospital. That's an impressive dorm. That's that's a little. That's like a hotel basically. Um, but yeah, the others, the tougher. It looks like a dorm, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Looks, mm-hmm. looks like looks like they did thirty years ago. Anyway, let's get back to football. What do you say? We got a few minutes before we wrap things up. As we're looking ahead, what are you uh, what are you thinking about with what's going on with World Cup or what's going on with Spurs in in the World Cup? What's on your mind? So I want to just quickly talk about Iran. I think it's going to be a tough game for the U.S. Um, I, I just want to, I, I think it's going to be a really tough game for the U S I think the U S coming on top in this game, um, but it's a must win game. And this is the type of game where the U S has had kind of a little bit of trouble putting it, putting things away, but you have to put it away. Have to, yes, this is please. a have to, if yeah. you want to be taken seriously on the world stage. And if I want to be fucking taken seriously, talking shit, like I have all over, uh, all over discord and, <laughs> you've been wait, all you've over been this leaving, goddamn podcast you've been leaving um, the trail haven't you oh man <laughs> it could be the worst kind of trail but uh it, it's all in good fun but um i just kind of want to touch on um the the pre-game press conference that happened today i don't know anything about it so let's hear it um there were some pretty crazy questions asked of Greg Berhalter and the players. Um, Greg Berhalter was asked um, why he hasn't done anything to uh, get the U.S. to pull their ships out of out of the uh, Iranian harbors. Ooh, wait, Iranian it, waters. Yeah, hold on a second. I did read something this morning that I don't the men's national team did something with like the Iran- Iranian flag without the logo, but the team didn't know. Like, do you know anything about that, or was that a part of a part of what you're talking about, or am I just making crap up? I think that's kind of a part of it. Um, okay, I think it's a. I think it's. I don't know for fact. Obviously, I'm not. You know, up on governmental issues between Iran and the United States, but. Um, I do feel like um, I do feel like it was kind of in response to that, but it also has it had to do with uh, supporting the players um, who 
silently protested by not singing their national anthem mm-hmm. and taking the uh uh taking the seal out of the center of the flag mm-hmm. um was part of was part of that protest in support of the women of Iran um, in, a, in support of those players who at their own great risk to themselves and their families refused to sing in support of the women of that country and in support of the rebellion that, that is brewing over there. Um, so there were some questions asked and I, I want to believe that the questions were asked by somebody from, from Iranian state um, television Sure. Um, And I don't know if it was trying to inflame things or if it was something where they just didn't under, they don't understand that in the U S and in other free countries, um, not saying that Iran isn't a free country, but um, we know what happens in that government. Sure. And it's another theocratic government um, that, that oppresses uh, large parts of the population. Um, whether it's for the type of uh, Islam that they practice or whether it's type uh, the type of oppression that we're seeing against the women of that country. Um, but Burhalter was asked why he hasn't said anything to get the, the get, get the ships removed. And then uh, Tyler Adams, because, uh, because soccer coaches normally should wait. Right, so I, the, I, I'm wondering things. if they just don't understand that we, that, that at nothing is state run in this country right as far right. as our sports and media and stuff go you know we don't have state run anything they don't have they don't oversee anything they don't have any kind of government influence and then tyler adams was asked um about the protests um and he was asked about what it feels like to be a black man in the United States because mm. black men are oppressed in the United States as well. And uh, I've, we've never done this, but I want to, I just want to play this little clip and I hope it comes through. I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. I hope it does. I don't know if it will, um, find out. but I just want to play this little clip and it's Tyler Adams and uh, just a very, very well-spoken, well thought out response to this question. And uh, he really got, this person, whoever was asking the question, gave gave him a little shit for his pronunciation to start of Iran, because he apparently had said Iran. Iran. So, but he has a, a very mature, very, very good answer to this, and 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 yeah. I hope hold this it, hold it. Out. Yeah, hold it close to your mic, and I'll I'll let you know if it's coming through. Okay. Say you support the Iranian people, but you're pronouncing our country's name wrong. Our country is named Iran, not Iran. Is once and for all, let's get this clear. Second of all, um, are you okay to be representing a country that has so much discrimination against black people in its own borders? And uh, we saw the Black Lives Matter movements uh, over the past few years. Are you okay to be representing the US? Meanwhile, there's so much discrimination happening against black people in America. My apologies on uh, the mispronunciation of your country. Um, yeah, that being said, you know, there's discrimination uh, everywhere you go. Um, you know, one thing that I've learned, especially from living abroad in the past years and uh, having to fit in in different cultures and, and kind of assimilate into different cultures, um, 
is that in the U.S. we're we're continuing to make progress uh, every single day. You know, growing up for me, I was I, I grew up in a in a white family with an obviously an African American heritage and background as well. So um, I had a little bit of uh, different cultures, and I, I was very very easily able to assimilate in different different cultures. So um, you know, not everyone has that that ease and uh, the ability to do that. And obviously it takes longest to understand and through education, I think it's it's super important. Like you just educated me now on the pronunciation of, of your country. So um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a process. I think as, as long as you see progress, uh, that's the most important thing. First of all. So that's, that was it. I yeah, think that's, it was a, it. that's a great, that's a great answer. And uh, uh, a bullshit deflection technique by that reporter, right? Like the, the classic, yeah. Like, Oh, well, who are you to, who are you to call us out on something? Cause you have stuff too, right? Um, yeah. And they asked some similar questions of uh, Walker Zimmerman and uh, Tim Ream as well. And, and there's no place for that uh, in sport. Um, you know, and I, and I think that, you know, and this can be my final thought here, but um, I, I think it was the U S is, um, appreciation for what is happening over there right now what is happening um throughout the islamic world uh and in the oppressive and the oppressive uh theocratic governments of some of these islamic countries um and and you know the uprisings uh that we had and in, in, you know in the years past i i think that this is a way for them to kind of get a gotcha moment of an American citizen, especially, um, especially after, you know, they support the women's rights. And, and uh, that's what Walker Zimmerman and, and Tim Ream talked about were, were the women's rights and how they support the Iranian women. Um, so it's just, it's a hard line to walk. And I think that these players, um, one shouldn't be shouldn't be fielding questions have to field questions like that um but it's it's kind of a way for them to kind of have that gotcha moment i don't i don't appreciate that in sport um for any 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 purpose any purpose these people um, represent themselves and their families and in their country within sport they don't represent the you know the greater population of our country yeah yeah i think that's a that's a big that's that's a big heavy question to ask of a of a young a young man like that and i think that he feel that question per and 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 answer that question perfectly i i um i agree with you and i also sort of don't and here's what i mean i you remember like Charles Barkley back in the day, you know, would say things like, I'm not a role model, right? Like, don't, don't, oh, look, yeah. don't look to me. Right. You know, and like that whole vibe about athletes are not, um, are not the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But the interesting thing about our world today is athletes are able to use their platforms and use their voice for good. If they choose to, you know, in conversations we've had, we've talked about the difference between Michael Jordan and how he dealt with, things that were socially were social problems in the way someone like LeBron James does. Um, now granted two different generations, two different um, upbringings, right? Like everything's different about that. But I, I feel like athletes today do have a platform if they choose to use it. And I think that, and maybe the U S men's national team 
does this. Maybe all of these national teams do this. I think some media training about here are the hot topics you're going to be potentially have thrown at you. Um, Feel free to speak your own truth in that. But here are some things you should know as you wade into this and some some awareness of the the power that those guys can wield with their voices and with their responses and with their answers and with the the things that they choose to do or not do. I think I think there could be some there could be something really powerful to that. Not trying to go back to what I was talking about earlier, but when I think about the ability of of athletes and national teams in this World Cup context to really make some noise to to maybe potentially drive change for good in the world. Um, I think better orchestrated efforts in, to give them the information that they need so that they're not going into a press conference surprised or having to come up with a good answer, but they're actually prepared to address what gets thrown at them. I'm sure, I'm it, sure they're, I'm sure they have media relations team that said, I bet they Hey, do. you might get, you might get a question like this. I don't, I, I honestly believe that some of those questions that those players had to field though, I think we're bullshit and they shouldn't have had to. This is not this is not the time or place. And whether they I, I guess I, I it's it's like I said, it's a hard line to walk, right? Because you don't know you don't know where that's coming from, whether it's coming from um the Iranian government trying to get have a god, like I said, a gotcha moment, yeah. or whether it's someone who is clearly unaware that we don't you know that our government doesn't dictate what athletes and what people in in um in positions of um being able to have have this this voice on a, on a worldwide stage uh, they're they're not filtered at all but mike right? i would say they're not told the- what to say they're not spoon-fed things they're, they're not they don't have any part in our government they don't have any part in what goes down on a daily basis, but we have freedom exactly, of speech. That's exactly why it is the time and place because they're not controlled. They're not filtered. They're not dictated to. No, no, no it is the time and place for them to say that. I don't think it was a yeah. time and place for that question to be asked is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I don't, totally with you, but I, I, I think it's an opportunity and I, I, I wish more of those questions were asked because you know what happens? The more those guys ask those questions, the more they expose themselves and the more comfortable the world gets standing up to them. Yeah, the hypocrisy is glaring and people can actually stand up to it because they see someone like Tyler Adams work his way through that response. They see Walker Zimmerman. They see someone else have to deal with it. That's the opportunity, man. That's when when it goes back to like people making a splash. That's when you got to stand up to the bullshit. That's that's just my take on it. So thanks for and, teeing that up. Yeah, and maybe those and maybe those kids, uh, those kids on that on that team will have the opportunity to have that voice someday and say, "Look, we were a force for change. We can be a force." For and change. A, a decade from now, Mike, that next generation of athletes, Im- imagine the the societal influence they can have if they wield it the right way, if it's modeled properly for them for them now. You know right. what I mean? Like that's sure. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Right, on, on that note, this has been Wicked Spursy, everybody. Uh, listeners, we appreciate you. Thanks for dealing with just Mike and I. I think for two dummies, we actually kept it relatively highbrow. So um, pretty impressive. I pushed my way through. <laughs> we, like a bulldozer, right? Um, I can't wait to be fact-checked for something stupid tomorrow. You know, I, 
fact checked away folks we don't really care um <laughs> but we do appreciate you nonetheless but the fact checkers we don't really care anyway um that's it that's all we got mike what would what would steve say if he was here steve would say don't be an asshole yep and, and what do you love to say as we wrap it up usa usa and be safe everyone